Well, good morning again. Uh, it is one of my great pleasures here at Oakwood as the youth pastor is that I get to help rec- recognize uh, our seniors that are graduating each year uh, here from Oakwood. Uh, and each year we try to get them up on stage. And uh, I didn't tell you guys this, but you have to do a dance this year. Are you ready for that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, we try to embarrass them as little as possible, hopefully. Uh, some of our students, you'll see some pictures on screen uh, as they come up, so uh, feel free to enjoy those as well. Uh, but we just want to take a moment and stop and recognize, A, uh, how awesome it is that they graduated. Yes, round of applause. And on top of that, just to take a second and recognize uh, what their next steps might look like. Uh, now, each year, uh, when we ask them what they're going to do, uh, they always say something like astronaut or uh, I'm going to climb the highest mountain in the world, right? Uh, and we hope that they do those things. Uh, but they're going to share with us what they hope to do, what they're planning on doing over the next year or so. Uh, so we're excited to celebrate that with them as well. Um, now, just before I bring them up on stage, I want to give them a quick challenge. Is that okay? Now, here's the deal. We, as a church, have to agree to hold them accountable to this challenge. Are you up to that task? Yes? Okay. And that challenge is simple this morning. It's not a very long challenge, and it comes from the book of Colossians. Uh, Colossians 3 says this. Colossians 3.3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For God died, and your life now is hidden with Christ in God. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Set your hearts on things above. And this is a a time of life, a period of life, where it can be really tempting, especially as we're getting out of high school, to be horizontally focused. Horizontally focused. It means that we're focused on all of the things that are happening around us. We're graduating school. uh, We're thinking about maybe where we're going to work or where we're going to start college or uh, maybe just getting out of our parents' house, maybe. A little bit? Okay, not yet. Not yet. We're not ready for that. We're focused on the horizontal so much at this period of our life. I can remember it. It was only eight years ago for me. Everybody say, Ben, you're old. (laughs) Words of affirmation. I love it. But I remember very clearly how easy it can be to get caught up in the horizontal thinking of this period of life. What is happening day to day? Who, who am I going to be in a year from now? What, what is it going to look like? Am I still going to be with my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Am I going to be successful at college or in my workplace? And this, I think, is where this uh, passage is really important for these students as they get to this stage of life. Because what we're being encouraged to do is not to focus solely on the horizontal, not to focus solely on the things that are happening around us, our, our future plans, the things that we hope but to fix our focus on the things that are above. To fix our heart on Jesus and what he did for us. And ultimately, seniors, graduates, if you guys are able to do that successfully in your life, you'll find that the things that are horizontal are a little bit less important than the things that are vertical. If we focus on Jesus as we pursue our degree, as we uh, get into the workforce, as we try to get out of mom and dad's house, as we do all these things that are so exciting in this next phase of life, if we don't get caught up only in the horizontal, but we can focus on the things above, 
you'll find that you are still right where God wants you to be. No matter whether you are at school or you're at home or uh, maybe you move away, maybe you stay close to home, if you're focused on the things above, you'll find that you are right where God wants you to be. So that is my challenge for you this morning as you guys look at these next steps in life. As you guys think about climbing these huge mountains and uh, going away to school and doing these amazing things, I would challenge you guys to fix your heart on Jesus. Fix your heart on the things that are above, not just our horizontal thinking. That's my challenge for you as graduating seniors. As a church, I would challenge us to continue to hold them accountable to that. So when they're home from school, uh, I want you to be able to walk up to Grant and say, Hey, Grant, how's it going? How's school going? How's life going? Uh, Are you keeping your focus on Jesus in this period of your life, or have you strayed away? Have you uh, gotten too wrapped up on the horizontal thinking of life? Can we do that as a church? Okay. Uh, In just a moment, we're going to pray with them, and we'll uh, do that as a church body. But I want to introduce you to each of our graduates that are here with us this morning. And if there are any in the crowd who didn't get my email and want to join us, feel free to come up uh, after I am done. Uh, Graduates, when I call your name, come up and just stand beside me, if you will. Uh, But we'll start with Mr. Grant Tennant. Yes. Uh, We are giving each of our seniors a Bible this year. And again, this Bible is hopefully something that they can take with them, uh, whether they are going into the workplace or into school, that will help them to remain focused on Jesus. So uh, it's a big Bible. I picked the biggest, heaviest one I could find, uh, but that is for you. Uh, Grant, you are hoping to go to medical school, yes? Do you have any clue about what you might be doing in the next couple of years? Well, I want to go to community college for four years so that I can get a grasp of how college works and then go maybe to Texas to do my medical school because they have one of the best institutions for medical school for being a nurse. Absolutely. Can we give him a round of applause? I next want to invite up, and you can stay right here with me. Nope, you're not going anywhere. I'm going to invite up Colin Robbins for me. Please come on up. Colin's plans are to continue to working at Discount Tire. Yes. Uh, do you have anything that you're hoping to do? Maybe climb a mountain in the next year. Anything that you'd like to share with us? Hoping to get a muscle car in a few years. Can we get a round of applause for a muscle car? Yeah, absolutely. Next, we're going to invite up Mr. David, David Dion. Come on up. I'll have you guys scoot down for me. Thank you. Mr. David, electric and electrical engineering. Yes, maybe, maybe Coast Guard, somewhere in between there. You know that electricity and water don't necessarily go well together. All right, we're going to... Okay, with defense. You're going to know more than I am here, hopefully. Uh, but we're very excited about that. That's very awesome. Uh, do you have any kind of fun things or anything that's coming up in the next year or so? Uh, well, Coast Guard is like a bit of a fun thing. Okay, I love that. Absolutely. Can we give him a round of applause, too? And then last but not least, Miss Sophie Allen. Come on up, and I'll have you guys scoot down one more time for me. Now, Sophie was very mean to me this morning. She's going to make me try to say a big word. She is going to anesthetician school? Yes, I got it. Everybody give me a round of applause. 
she said, you can either say the big word or you can say that I'm going to be a skin doctor. But skin doctor sounds kind of weird, so say the big word. Yeah. Okay, all right. Do you have anything that's kind of fun or just awesome plans over the next year? Um, well, this coming week I'm going to Colorado for a mission trip, so... Awesome. Round of applause for Miss Sophie. So graduates, my challenge to you remains the same. You guys are in a phase of life where you can very easily focus on the horizontal thinking of life, uh, where I'm going to end up, uh, what muscle car I'm going to get, what grad school I'm going to go to, all of these different questions. But I would re- encourage you to each focus on Jesus. Set your heart on things that are above. Uh, We're going to pray with these seniors, uh, and then if you would, would you guys just stand with us as we pray for them? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, uh, we come to you this morning so excited for these, uh, this next generation of students. Uh, As they go out from high school, as they start to think about what their future plans are, as they uh, look at potentially these next life steps, Father, we just ask that you'd be with them every single day. Uh, that you would guide their steps, that you would give them uh, the direction that you want them to move in. And Father, we ask above all else that you would fix Jesus in their heart and that they might focus their hearts on the things that are above. As they get uh, excited about these next steps, that they would focus on you and remind to th- remember to thank you each step of the way. So Father, we love you. We thank you so much for these seniors. We thank you for the blessing and the honor that it has been to have them here at Oakwood. And Father, we just ask that we as a church would be a good steward, a good landing, a good home base for them as they go out into the world. Father, we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. All right, seniors, I'll let you join your parents. Good. Thank you. I love sitting by my wife during church. She's, she's a smart one. She said, our own live beauty and the beasts. That's what it looked like there. And I am offended every time Ben talks about being old. I think the underwear I'm wearing is older than him right now, right? How many of you went and saw Top Gun Maverick? Yeah. I was a senior in high school when the original came out. Oh, we're old. We are so old. So anyways, we're glad that you're with us today. We're not done with our recognitions. We had a wonderful senior recognition, but now we're going to honor one of our seniors who actually received an honor that uh, should be Oh, I'm going to mess this up. That should be uh, presented in a public format because it was uh, a lot of work. On the screen, they should put some information so I could look at it. Uh, go ahead and keep doing that. I need to see the, uh, the the numbers. Do you have that? You do have that slide with the numbers. You don't have the slide with the numbers? Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, then we're going to have to ask for some help on this. Um, but AWANA is a program, A-W-A-N-A. It stands for Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed. And, and Oakwood had this program for, for many, 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 many years. Uh, I've been here for seven years, and one of the greatest uh, disappointments in my life is that we had to, to call an end to AWANA, mostly because of our leadership, being able to staff that year after year. It was a high intense volunteer program. And so we were running out of workers that would commit to that whole nine month program. But during that, the students learn memory verses. That's what Awana is built on. Awana is built on uh, putting God's word, hiding God's word in your heart. And so they learn a number of verses. Uh, and I don't have that exact thing for you. Uh, I grew up in Awana. I went through the whole program uh, and, and uh, finished uh, with a Timothy Award, but never went as far as our honoree today, Colin Robbins. Colin, come stand here with me. Congratulate this young man. 
Colin has received the Citation Award. He has gone all the way through this program. I'm going to ask Joe and Monique if they would come and join us. And I think Monique has some of the numbers for me, so maybe she can fill me in. But the number of verses, yes. Basically, the requirements to receive this award are so extreme that there are fewer of these award recipients than there are Eagle Scout awards, right? Uh, and do you know that number? What's the total number of verses that Collins had to memorize over the years? 659. 659 verses. Give him a hand for that. Okay, everybody start right now. How many do you know? Right? John 3 says, For God so loved the world, He was only about someone who does anybody. One. How many more? How many more? 659 verses. Plus, there's other projects involved. It's not just the verses. Along the way, they have them do specific things. I remember having to write a missionary at one point. I remember there's just certain things each step along the way. And Colin has stayed faithful to that. Even when we were not able to continue that program, they sought out. I want to recognize Melissa. Uh, Melissa would have a phone call with Colin every week, right? And uh, be able to say the verses and do those things. I'm going to ask Gary, and if Heather's willing, Gary and Heather Cronenberg were our commanders of Awana from the time that I got here, at least, and uh, served us well. Come on up on stage. Stand next to Joe and Monique there, if you would. And then I'd ask if there's anybody in the room that served in our Awana program, would you just stand? Any volunteers that have served over the years in our Awana program? Look at that. Throughout the room. Wonderful. Excellent. Go ahead. You may have a seat. And so this, this is no small deal. This is actually a big deal. And we want to recognize Colin for all his hard work. Also, we recognize the parents. This doesn't happen, uh, you know, from time of kids in kindergarten. Uh, they don't do this on their own. They need parents to say, it's time. Have we done the verses? Have we done the work? So we know that the parents played a big role in this. And then representing our Awana uh, leaders, it's also a, a large commitment, as you can tell. Week after week after week, coming, listening to students quote these verses. And so I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today for Colin. And Colin, congratulations. Good work. For mom, for dad. Thank you, Cronenbergs. And we'll leave this up here because it's real pretty and uh, it looks nice on stage. So you can come and get this after it. All right. Thank you so much. God bless. Appreciate you. Melissa. Could we have picked a flimsier thing? (laughs) Spread it, I know, spread the thing. Don't breathe. Okay. Awesome. It's time to go to that bumper video. Go ahead and roll that, would you? Research shows that adopting an attitude of gratitude, simply expressing appreciation and being more thankful, can measurably improve your overall well-being. For example studies prove that gratitude can increase happiness, reduce depression, and strengthen resiliency. Grateful people often experience reduced blood pressure, less chronic pain, increased energy, even longer lives. People who purposefully express more gratitude report higher self-esteem than those who don't, and they're more likely to help others, a pro-social behavior also linked to greater happiness. People who capture grateful thoughts before bed sleep better than those who don't. Why so many positive changes? Because gratitude actually rewires our brains, kickstarting the production of dopamine and serotonin. 
like antidepressants, these feel-good neurotransmitters activate the bliss center of the brain, creating feelings of happiness and contentment. This appears to be self-perpetuating. Research suggests that with regular practice, you'll train your prefrontal cortex to better appreciate and retain positive experiences and thoughts, and to deflect the negative ones. Here are a few simple ways to deliberately cultivate that attitude of gratitude. Celebrate minor accomplishments. Think about what you have, rather than dwelling on what you don't. Tell the people in your life something you appreciate about them. Tell yourself too. Volunteer, hold a door for a stranger, or simply smile more, and you'll probably feel better, as kindness and giving are connected to gratitude. Similar positive brain changes can occur from regular meditation and mindfulness. Keep a daily gratitude journal using an old-fashioned notebook or a high-tech app. The science is clear. Give gratitude a go. You'll be thankful you did. Everybody say attitude. Everybody say gratitude. An attitude of gratitude is what we're going to talk about this morning, just briefly. Welcome to our annual celebration. We're not usually inside, although I, I kind of like the air conditioning and the everything's here and ready for us, so I like that aspect of it. Uh, but we're inside this year, and we're going to talk about what we have to be uh, celebrating today as a church. It's Oakwood's uh, annual celebration today. So we're going to use that as an opportunity to thank the Lord for all the blessings. So why don't you pray with me this morning? If you're willing to, I'd ask you to pray this prayer. You don't have to say it out loud, but if you just say, God, if there's anything you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, I pray that you'd be glorified. I pray that everyone hearing this would be edified, and we pray that Satan would be horrified. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Every year we look forward to certain events, and probably I should mention the elephant in the room, right? Anybody notice we have two pink elephants? If you have not noticed, raise your hand, because that's, that's, a, that's amazing to me if you haven't noticed that. Yeah, They're here for a reason, uh, and that is just to promote what's next. For the next four to five weeks, I haven't decided yet, but in the next four to five weeks, we're starting a series called The Elephant in the Room, and so of course I had to get an elephant and put it in the room, and why not make him pink too, right? So the big pink elephant is to promote that series, and it's going to be talking about certain social issues from the Bible's perspective, and things that, you know, sometimes we're afraid to talk about, or, or uh, you know, we, we just, churches maybe just don't deal with. And so we're going to deal with some of the hard topics, cultural issues, and we're going to do it from two perspectives. Truth, what does God's Word say about this? And then grace, According to God's word, how do we respond to this situation? It should always be with truth and grace. And so I encourage you to come back as we deal with these issues. I encourage you to come back and not hate me when we deal with these issues. Uh, this, this sermon series actually was dictated to me by our elders. Our elders said at one point, we want you to do this. Uh, we, we need to do this. We need to talk about this during a non-political time, uh, before an election, all that kind of stuff. And matter of fact, my first message starting next week will be the church and politics is we're going to talk about the Christian and the church and politics and, uh, and how 
how we need to be careful and uh, what does the Bible say about politics and us. And so uh, we're going to broach those issues that we normally don't. And if it goes really well, you're welcome. I worked really hard. If it goes really poorly, it's the elders' fault. Uh, they shouldn't have put me in that position to be failure, right? Uh, and here's the point. We won't all agree. And that's how I'm approaching this message series is we don't all agree on everything. But then how do we come together as a church? That's the point. We should be able to come together as a church, even if we don't agree on all things, right? So that's why we're going to preach that series, The Elephant in the Room. Today, it's when we're looking ahead, like, what are we going to do? And, and I saw annual celebration for a long time. I've been watching as annual celebration is coming, it's coming, it's coming. And honestly, honestly, months ago, I'm like, I just, Lord, I'm a little upset. I, I don't know if I have anything to be thankful for. I, I just don't, I'm not happy. I, I'm not very grateful right now. We've got a parking lot that stinks and it stunk forever. We got things we want to do. For six years, I've been drawing a new building that I'd like to see attached to this building. And we're not even close to that because then they tell us we got to put a fire alarm system in with water that sprays everywhere for a building made of all brick. I mean, and and you just get frustrated. I'm frustrated. We've been here almost seven years. I have brought my family over to this side of the state. I want to see things move and we, we just haven't moved. So Lord, what are you doing? Got this monstrosity of a parking lot that's going to cost close to a million dollars to fix. Nobody wants to do that. And so we keep kicking the can down the road. We decided we're going to spend $20,000 this next year and patch it again. Band-aids on band-aids on band-aids. When are we ever going to move forward? Then we've got debt. Lord, when I came here, I knew this church was in debt, but we're still in debt. We're getting close. Church, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still paying the debt. I've been here seven years, and we're just paying the debt from the guys that came before me. When are we going to get to spend money that I want to spend? <laughs> I, I'm just, you know what I'm doing, right? I, I'm over the top just kind of letting you know that your pastor gets to a day like today, and I'm like, Lord, what am I supposed to say? And then God reminds me that we have a lot to be thankful for. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. We need to be thankful. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I played a video that was from a secular institution. I wanted you to hear how the world talks about gratitude's important. I'm like, yeah. I mean, read the Bible. The Lord tells us from the Old Testament to the New to have an attitude of gratitude because it'll change you. If not, we will fester in everything I just said this morning in the opening, we will always, always, always default to what don't I have? And we'll focus on that. And when we're focusing on what I don't have, we're not able to be grateful. I found myself in Hawaii two weeks ago, and I, I had to build myself up for this trip because I know that my wife loves to do certain things that I just don't like to do. And I know that I've learned, okay, I've had to learn, young, young, young husbands, and by the way, Jocelyn was on stage with us, Ryan, listen to me now, I'm talking to young husbands, learn, learn how to be patient and, and let your wife appreciate the things she loves, and your wedding was gorgeous in Colorado, by the way, phenomenal pictures, it was amazing, but Ryan, learn, listen to an old man who's blown it a lot, I've had to learn that, that a lot of the times I, I'm in the moment 
enjoy the moment you're in instead of thinking about what's coming next. Anybody who'll always live in what's coming next mode, always thinking about what's next, what's next. I, I, my son is this way. My son has always been a young man who always wanted to be doing what's next. I remember he was a little squat, and we, we had him up in Boyne City, and we went to a, a putt putt, uh, uh, it was a putt putt golf and uh, batting cages, right? And I remember we we're on the three par golf course, right? And, and all Josh is doing is he's hitting balls and talking about what we wanted to do next. Dad, we're going to go hit the, we're going to go in the batting cages. We're going to do the batting cages. Are we going to, I'm like, just Josh, we're doing this now. Well, then I want to go to the batting cages and I want to putt putt. And he walked up to a hole, didn't even look. The ball's there. He's like, Dad, I, I want to go to the batting cages. And he came this close to hitting a hole in one. He had no idea. He didn't care. <laughs> I was like, ah! I almost had to sacrifice you because you're not having a hole in one before I get one. <laughs> but we're all like that. We're always thinking, I want to be, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. And we're missing the moment we're in. So two weeks ago, we're in Hawaii, and I know this whole one day is the road to Hana. Anybody ever been on the road to Hana? It's a wonderful drive. It's a scary drive if you're not driving. I love the drive. Uh, it's a winding road, 656 hairpin turns in like 26 miles. It's an incredible journey. And, and I kept telling myself, the goal of the day is the journey. The goal is not the end. I told myself over and over again, be patient. My wife wants to do every turnout. And there is something called beauty fatigue, by the way. By the 20th turnout, you're like, yeah, that's the most beautiful thing I've seen. Let's go. (laughs) And we turn the corner. Oh, stop. We stop. Yes, the most beautiful thing we've ever seen. Let's go. (laughs) And on the road to Hana, and and, and just the name implies there is a place to get to. And so eventually I'm like, come on, man, we just got to get to Hana. I don't know why, but there's something in Hana. So we, we drive and we drive and we drive. We get to Hana, and no lie. As we're driving into Hana, finally we're almost done. We get to Hana. My wife says, ooh, chocolate. There's a sign that says chocolate. And, she, and I'm like, well, okay. And we pull in off the road, and we were there for almost an hour and ten minutes. My wife got to become best friends with the lady who makes chocolate in Hana. <laughs> Personal besties now. And we learned all about how they make candles that smell like chocolate and, and chocolate and, you know, more chocolate and and, and I'm, I'm actually pacing outside the vehicle thinking, this is ridiculous. I can't. And she's spending money. This lady's selling her everything ever possible made of a cocoa bean. It's just crazy. And I'm getting frustrated. And then it hits me. You're an idiot. You are in Hawaii. And the trip was the day. The goal wasn't to just get done. The trip was about stopping to enjoy chocolate. And I had to remind, isn't that sad? I'm using myself as an illustration today. That's your pastor. Your pastor is like the guy who wants to get to Hana for no reason and skip everything in between. Your pastor is the one who wants to build the building, have a great parking lot, have all these wonderful things. And yet God, God reminds us we're to live and lead and serve in the moment you are. There's two diseases. One is always looking back and one is always looking forward. As a church, we could, we could live in the past and say we don't have a wanna, we're failures, and we could think of the things that we don't do anymore. Or we could think of those as the good old days. That is a disease that will kill any organization, the good old days. 
Or we can only dream about what's coming and who will be eventually. And yet we have this beautiful thing. It's a gift. That's why it's called the present. And we're living in it. And so I had to be reminded today, and I don't have time to preach this whole thing today, but it was for me anyway. So I know what I needed to learn, but I'll give you as much as I can. I want to turn to Psalm 103 and make that the message today. The big idea is celebrate God's blessings with an attitude of gratitude. And so I want to read Psalm 103 as a basis of learning how to be grateful. Why to be grateful and then how to be. Can I give you that today? Everybody say why. Everybody say how. Three facts that guide me to gratitude. This is the why. Everybody say why. Why should I be grateful? I do have a lot of things that I wish were different. Well, we're we're grateful, number one, because God is sovereign. This passage teaches us, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne and kingdom and he rules over all. (laughs) All people, all governments, all weather system, all animals, all molecules, all galaxies, all, all, all. All means all, that's all, all means. God is sovereign. That means he is the supreme power and authority. And he's our God. For that, we should be grateful. Just that alone, knowing that we have a God who is sovereign. And then in verse 19, it makes clear he's, it's overall. Overall. Sovereign. Everybody say sovereign. Our God is sovereign. The second thing is our God is righteous. It says in this passage in verse 6, the Lord works righteous for those and justice for those who are oppressed. We praise you 
for your justice and your righteousness. We praise you that justice will be done in this age or the next. Justice will be done. Our God is both right and just. I know we often think that this is out of control and the, and the, the wicked are flourishing. They're doing well. It's like the weeds. Anybody realize how much things have grown this year? Oh my goodness, the wet and the heat. We got back from Hawaii and we lived in a jungle, not in Hawaii, my front yard. It's, it's awful. It's, it's just, you know, and, and we found a peonies. You know what a peonies is? I had an opinion until Julie told me, but it turns out it's a flower. We have this little well thing. It's, it's, it's just about this big around. And the grass was this high in there. The weeds and everything were this high. But there was something pink. And I kind of went, and there's this beautiful big flower. You know what we did yesterday? Julie held the peonies while I weed whacked all around her. Yeah, it was dangerous. And Ryan, number two, don't kill the peonies, okay? Want to have a good marriage? <laughs> Keep that weed whacker away. Today, if you happen to just drive by 516 Lease and look in the front yard, there's this beautiful peonies all by itself rising high. Oh, it, it reminds us that we're like grass and we will fade away. But the beauty is what the Lord does. He's there. He's sovereign. And he's righteous. And thirdly, he is merciful. These three things together make anybody leaving today, you should be grateful. We have a God who is sovereign. He's overall. He is righteous. There will be justice. And he is merciful. What does that mean? Forgiveness. Verse 3. Praise the Lord who forgives all our iniquity. Verse 10 and 12, praise the Lord. He does not deal with us according to our sin, nor repay according to our iniquities. Amen? I can leave happy today. I can leave grateful today because I got a God who's overall. He's right and just, but he also loves me. And he's choosing to forgive me. I asked Jesus to forgive my sin and come into my life as my Savior and Lord. And you know what? God has then removed my sin as far as the east is from the west. Man, just that alone should give you an attitude of gratitude. But how? Everybody say how. How can I have this attitude of gratitude? I got 10 benefits of gratitude we're going to give you in four minutes. 10 benefits of gratitude. Number one, gratitude glorifies God. Gratitude glorifies God. Gratitude is the thing uh, uh, that, that God accepts from us. It helps us realize we have, uh, uh, all we have comes not because of us, but from God. When we're thankful and we give glory to his name, that's good for you and it's also good for God. Our God accepts that. Uh, I read a book about leaning into a hug once. You ever you ever been around a good hugger? There's good huggers and bad huggers. I've worked on it a little bit. You know, I'm I'm the typical three pat hugger. You know, pop pop pop, man, and you step away, right? Yeah, good huggers, man. They just and they pull you in and they lean in. They just lean into kisses. They lean into hugs and they linger. Oh, God, never forget this. God leans in. When we thank him and are grateful to him, he leans into that. Number two, gratitude, gratitude helps us see God. It opens our spiritual eyes. There's a beautiful cycle in giving thanks. The more we thank him, the more we see him. Obviously, the reverse is true. The less we're thankful, the less we see him. 
when I hear people that, that live in that attitude of where was God, I, I'm probably talking to somebody who hasn't been giving him thanks for everything. I mean, again, do I need to remind you? You've been sucking air for free all day today. I mean, even, even in the current administration, you're not taxed for that. And the price isn't going up for that. You can suck air for free today. Everything else is skyrocketing, and you might want to focus on that, but everybody I see has clothes on their back and food in their bellies. Are we grateful? The gratitude that glorifies God, I want to give you that verse, 2 Corinthians 4.25. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. Let's glorify God. The verse for uh, helping us see God is James 1.16 and 17. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good gift, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Gratitude brings peace. Anybody want peace? <laughs> yeah, we all want peace. Oh, in the 80s, man, it was all about money. It was all about money, right? In the 90s, I don't know what it was about. Maybe vacation homes, I don't know. But now in the 2000s, everybody just wants peace. We do. We want a sense of it's going to be okay. I, I'm going to be all right. And you know what? Gratitude brings peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, right in the middle of it, right in the middle of a verse that's saying it might be a mess all around you. Then it says pray. But the first thing you do when you pray here is give thanks. What? It's all falling apart. Give thanks. Give thanks. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. Gratitude brings contentment. Oh, do we need that? We need to have an attitude of gratitude because we're not content with what we have. If we aren't grateful for what God has given us, getting more won't satisfy us either. Maybe somebody needed to hear that today because I'm, I'm being told to say that twice. We're not grateful for what we have. Getting more will not make you thankful. That's another disease that'll kill you. It's constant. I'm not talking about the holy discontent. You know, it's okay that your pastor wants to get past a new parking lot and add a new entry. It's okay that your pastor has a holy discontent, right? It's okay that your pastor hated the carpet in this, this room and then God provided. Thank you, God. As I'm looking past the floor that's gorgeous, I'm worried about the parking lot, which is next. Let's stop and thank the Lord for a beautiful floor, amen? amen. Spill your coffee. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> wipe it up. We'll mop it up. Sorry, Sue, 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 is, Sue cleans every week. She's like, no. <laughs> but let's be thankful. Let's be grateful for what we do have. Not always discontented. It says something about us. Did I give the verse for that? 1 Timothy 5, 6 and 8. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For, for we brought nothing into this world and neither can we take anything out with us. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. Contentment. Five, gratitude deepens our faith. Gratitude deepens our faith. Keep a record of God's past faithfulness. It's a boost when you face new difficulties. Do you got a gratitude journal? I encourage you to have a gratitude journal. Six. Let's just do them all. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. Gratitude leads to joy. You want joy? 
Thank God for what you have. Let him bring you to joy. The verse for that, Psalm 126, 1 through 3. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with sounds of joy. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Gratitude will bring you to joy. It defies Satan's lies. Do you remember the garden? We were just in paradise two weeks ago. I can't imagine being on a whole island of Hawaii. It's gorgeous everywhere. And there's one little tree in the middle of that island. And God would tell Julie and I, just don't eat that tree. I would think, you're nuts. I'm not worried about that. I've got all this. The garden was like that. And Satan came to Eve and said, didn't God say he lied to her? And when she told the truth, well, he told us we could have everything but this tree. Oh, he's keeping something from you then. He lied and deceived. And it wasn't just Eve. The Bible says Adam who was with her. Apparently Adam was party to the whole thing. He was there. So men, don't let's not walk around blaming the women for all our problems. And the number one problem that led to sin was men's incompetence to stand up and lead. Don't abdicate. I'm on a whole other sermon. Better stop. Watch out. Watch out. Satan's lies. Gratitude guards against envy. We always see what others have and we want. We want instead of enjoying what we have been given and living within that. Gratitude helps us live in the present. Again, we've been talking about that today. And then gratitude is a testimony. Others can know. Psalm 105.1, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Christian, if you want others to know this great God we claim to have, then just live in this great God that we have and others will see it. Just live a life of thankfulness. That's why everywhere I go when I'm asked at the coffee shop, at the gas station, at the grocery store, how are you doing today? Better than I deserve. It's a great line, right? I remember being in a coffee shop with you when, when I was telling you how bad my day was. I kept telling her, every, I was like, I can't believe it. I was telling her all the bad things that had happened to me, and it's only like 10 in the morning, right? And I'm getting coffee, and she's like, well, better than you deserve. I love that. It was, it was the greatest moment I've had. I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. We've got to be reminded, don't we? We've got to be reminded when we're, when we're just wallowing in the self-pity and the mire of it's not what I want it to be. We need somebody needs to kick us and remind us, but you so blessed. Do you feel blessed today? Do you know that you're blessed today? Well, let me take us back to the why. He's sovereign and he's just and he loves you. (laughs) That's good. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. God, help us to live in the celebration God, oh, you've been so good to Oakwood. We have wonderful leaders who love you and sacrifice to make this church great. God, you you have given us servants who come and and they give of themselves. They don't allow their pastor to show up and move tables and chairs anymore. They kick me out. There's great people, just great people. God, we might not have all the things that we dream to have or want to have, but God, help us to remember that you've been faithful. You've been solid and we have your word to preach. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.